Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. Back again with another episode, y'all. I got a question for you. Should a person that has been convicted of murder and has received good time off of that sentence for good behavior lose that good time because they stalked the victim's family member uh, of the person that was murdered, right? Should they lose the good time that they've earned for doing that? That's the question that I'm going to be asking everybody in this episode. I want you to... Hit me up in the comment section about this. Let me know what you think about it, right? Because I think this is a big, big deal, right? You're going to be surprised at what I think about this and what should be done and what uh, is not being done in situations like this and why it matters. Let's get it, y'all. Let's get it. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, this is a very important topic that uh, I want to talk about. I've been working on this for about a week now, trying to find the right words to express uh, when it comes to, to this issue, because I'm in here for murder. And uh, I've earned a lot of good time. I've earned it. But if I were in here committing crimes against my victim's family, re-victimizing them, the question is, should I lose my good time? And let me explain the situation that hit the news and before I answer that question, okay? There's this guy in here, his name is Hank Wise, right? He um, killed this woman's husband, I mean, this woman's uh, husband in front of her, right? He killed this woman's husband in front of her. Her name is Nikki Gozer, and her and her husband had a, a karaoke business, at, you know, around at the local bars out here in Nashville. And uh, one of the customers, this guy named Hank Wise, he, he developed a crush on Miss Nikki, and he started to stalk her. And ultimately, it led to him killing her husband right in front of her. And he gets sent to prison, and he got 23 years. Uh, I think that's a, for second-degree murder. I don't know why he didn't get a life sentence. I don't know why he wasn't charged with a felony murder or premeditated murder. I don't know why. But it is what it is. But I think his sentence was uh, 23 years at 85%. So that means he earned 15% off of his sentence, right, for good behavior. Now, during his time in prison, he was stalking her by writing her letters. And he got caught. And from my understanding, he was uh, sentenced to some fair time for that. Now, because of his good time that he's earned, he'll be getting out in five years and five months but if they took that good time away from him I believe that he would be getting out in nine years and uh, that's what's being discussed now should they take that good time from him I'm going to just keep it real with you man uh, if you're in here you've committed a, a violent crime and you're, you're stalking 
your victim or, or family members are the victim, uh, you should lose that good time. Now, the mechanisms that are in place right now, if you commit an offense against, uh, in prison, uh, breaking one of the rules, uh, you lose your security level, meaning we get classified like we'd be trustees, minimum direct, minimum restrict, uh, medium security, and uh, close security and max, right? Now, each one of those levels, you earn a certain amount of good days. If you're minimum restricted or minimum direct or trustee, you earn up to, uh, I think it's 16 days a month in good time. Minimum, uh, medium is 12, and then the next level down is 8. And now uh, if you're on max, you don't get any. So it seems to me that this guy was earning enough days. I think he may have been minimum restricted. I wasn't able to find that out. So let's just, for the sake of the conversation, let's just say he was minimum restricted. If he had done a, something and he had received a write-up and it was dropped down to medium, he would start receiving 12 days. So he was being, he'd be penalized for not following the rules. And if he dropped down to uh, close, he would receive only eight. If he ended up on max, he would receive zero. So there are mechanisms in place that take away or don't allow you to earn the maximum amount of good days that could affect the outcome of your release, right? depending on what type of sentence that you have. But if you catch a crime, if you catch a crime, and, and let me back up, let me back up, and if you commit certain acts in here, violent acts, things like that, they can take up to six months or a year, I believe that's right, of good days away from you that you've earned if you end up on max. So my thing is, with those mechanisms in place, what? how much time did he lose for committing a crime against his victims? He may have received a write-up. He probably went to the hole, so he probably had his security level reduced, and he was losing good days by virtue of not being able to earn those good days, right? But did he lose the days that he had earned as a result of him committing another crime? And evidently, that from what is being said on the news, and from what I could gather, he didn't. And I think that he should. It's as simple as that. And uh, I know a lot of you might be shocked that I, that I would say something like that. But I've been in here a long time, as you know. And I know a lot of people in here. And there are some people in here, man, that, uh, that don't get it, won't get it. For a whole lot of different reasons. Everybody knows that I believe in change, I believe in growth, and I believe in opportunities. But at the same time, I believe in personal responsibility. Now, it's enough responsibility to go around in this situation because I do believe that Mr. Wise and a lot of other people in here, uh, he may not even understand why he can't let this obsession uh, go. And in that, I think he needs help. Now, that's what brings about the bigger issue of this topic. See, I don't understand why a lot of people think that the number of years that you receive on your sentence uh, is going to affect the type of rehabilitation that you get or that you go through. The number of years that you receive on your sentence has nothing to do with you being rehabilitated. You get put in here for five years, you get put in here for 50 years. You get the same amount 
of rehabilitation, nothing. When you're about to leave, you get put in reentry programs. They provide you with all the opportunities that are available to you, the classes that you have to take before you get out. But the actual work that is going to get inside of your brain, it's going to get inside of your head to help you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and why you shouldn't do it, it's non-existent. And I think that is why you have a lot of people in here that get out and come back. They In here, they appear to be the model inmate. Out there, they can't focus because that distorted lens that they have that led us to this place has not been addressed. So you can get all of the programming that's available and get out of here. And if that distorted lens is still in play, meaning one of your coping mechanisms, guess what? You're going to continue to participate in, in those types of activities in one way or another. You may not commit a murder, but you're going to go to a crime doing something else. And this particular person here, I've seen it over and over again. This type of person right here, if he doesn't let this go, it's not going to end good, man. Y'all know this just like I do. So being more focused on the amount of time that he has to do rather than being focused on let's figure out what is wrong with this dude. All of the years that you've had this dude in custody and nobody's bothered to figure out what's going on inside his head that would make him think that he was right in trying to kill, uh, right in killing another woman's husband so he could be with her. You Come on now, y'all know something wrong with this dude. Just like something was wrong with me for thinking that I could commit the murder that I did for whatever reason I committed. You understand what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm saying here. There's something going on inside of a person's mind that makes them believe that what the decision that they're making is justified or right or whatever they want to call it. And if you don't work on that, if you don't work on that and get that moral compass corrected, I don't care what's going on in here. I don't care how many write-ups I get or don't get. If I don't figure out and get those things straight and understand that those things are wrong under any circumstances, that's just dead on that, it's not going to end well. Yeah, you might age out of certain crimes. That's true. That's fact. It's fact. Yes, you get an education, you reduce your personal recidivism rate uh, if you take one course by 43%. More than that, it, re it reduces more than that. But you still have to look at what is underneath all of those things that you're doing. Is this person's lens still distorted? And that's what we have to get to ladies and gentlemen. I applaud uh, Dennis Ferrier for putting a show like this out there because it's, it is something that needs to be addressed. And I have no doubt that uh, lawmakers and uh, our commissioner are going to address it. I have no doubt of that. I don't know how they're going to address it, but I have no doubt that they will. But what I will say is that if your focus 
If your focus is more on the amount of time that this person serves as opposed to why this person, after all of these years, still believes that it's okay to do what he did in stalking this uh, young lady, then you got a bigger problem, y'all. You got a bigger problem. When he finishes his time and get out, whether it's five years or nine years, she shouldn't have to look over her shoulder and worry about this fool. She shouldn't have to worry about that. And he shouldn't have to go out there the same person or worse uh, when, than when he came in. Everybody has lost out on this. Throwing him in here, say, go do your time. That's it. Come on, man. Come on. We have enough examples to know that that does not work. So why do we keep doing it? Why do we keep doing that? Keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And innocent people out there are the ones that are paying for it. The people in prison that are getting out of prison, they're the ones paying for it too because they don't get to spend time with their families, their friends, because they're in and out, in and out, struggling. Why I keep doing this? What's going on? Now, don't get it twisted. There are some people, sad to say, that understand what's going on and they don't want to change. It is what it is. It is what it is. And, and in those situations, look, I'm going to just say it. They shouldn't get out. But the process that comes into play to determine that, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. But if we continue to believe that the number of years that you have on your sentence determines whether you're rehabilitated or not, you're dead wrong. That's why you have a lot of people, they are afraid. They believe that the, the, the programming, the, 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 the adjusting, the, the, the help is being given. And then these people are coming out of these places doing the same, if not worse thing. So now they're, that's why they say, lock them up and throw away the key. People, you're being bamboozled here. You're being bamboozled. Because at the end of the day, the number of years that a person is being given for whatever crime has absolutely nothing to do with the rehabilitation that they receive or don't receive. The prison system puts people in here, they, they hold people in here based on what the, the courts have said, and then they let them out when their time is up, whether they're better or not, period. Whether they are better or not. We have this idea that uh, <laughs> if you make prison as miserable as you can, as difficult as you can, it will make people not want to be there. And look, I'm going to tell you, that is true to the extent that it works while you're here. You are so miserable, you're like, man, I don't want no more of this. I'm not doing this no more, this, this, and that. But guess what? Over time, you adapt and you adjust. And you learn to live in and with misery. But guess what? The unintended consequence of that is what? You want to, you become a person that wants to inflict that misery, that pain onto other people. That is what 
whoever came up with this idea of make prison miserable, that is what they didn't calculate in the equation. That unknown variable of what is the response going to be from the people that we are putting in these situations of misery. What would they conclude? Because after time, after time, you adjust to this. Yeah, you get used to the officers yelling at you. Yeah, you get used to people mistreating you and, and telling you that you ain't nothing. You're a scumbag. you crap. You adapt to that. But here's the thing. You start to believe it. You start to believe it. And now your expectations of yourself are nothing. And now you're looking for victims. You're looking for victims now. And you want to make people that have nothing to do with you, that have not hurt you, have not done anything to you, you want them to feel your pain, your misery. And that's wrong. That's wrong. But that's what happens, y'all. Now, again, I'm, a, I'm, I'm big on personal responsibility. And I'm not letting people off the hook, the people in, in blue. I'm not going to let you off the hook. Because I do believe that no matter what uh, is done to you, no matter how you're treated by people that run these facilities, uh, if you want to be better, you got to do better. You don't use what uh, people do to you as an excuse to uh, continue to live a life of crime, continue to mistreat people. No, it's not an excuse. All I'm saying in this episode is that I understand I'm explaining it to people what happened. But I'm not giving you an excuse, people in blue. Absolutely not. This is not an excuse. You don't have a right to do that. But I do understand what's going on. I understand totally what's going on. And I wish more people would. I do. We need more programming in here. We need more therapy in here. And I mean serious stuff. I don't mean... You know, sitting down with the counselor for five minutes. How you doing? Do you need to call somebody? Are you okay? And then you get into the conversation and well, okay, your time's up. No. No. Every person in here, especially violent offenders, should have to go through therapy sessions. For real. You want to earn some good days and make them earn good days through that. Give them extra good days. Give us extra good days for attending therapy sessions, real therapy sessions. That's what you can do. And that's not coddling, because it's hard pulling those Band-Aids off. That's hard. Make them get into it. I'm going to tell you real quick. I'm going to give you an example of how I know it's hard. They got this thing in here called a strong R, right? And basically, it's once a year we get an assessment by a counselor and whatnot, and they ask you all kinds of things about, things about your life the crime you committed and all this and that. And all but except one time, whenever I've had to do my strong R, I break down. I break down. Because I'm reliving that, and I'm reliving it in a, through a lens of, man, I did that. I caused so much pain to people. I was wrong. But then after that, I go back to serving my sentence. That Band-Aid is ripped off once a year, but that's it. Then I go back to serving my sentence. Imagine if that Band-Aid was ripped off and then more work and more work and more work. And then 
changing of the minds and changing of the hearts would start taking place. Imagine that. That's not coddling. That's not being soft on crime, soft on prisoners. That is helping. That is making prisons safe. That is making our society safe. That is doing what you should do. But again, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. I'm just old, stupid old, old inmate, convict, prisoner, whatever you want me, want to call me, offender. I don't know nothing. I've just been here 34 years, and I've seen people come and go. And I've seen more victims being made unnecessarily because it's, none, of it is ne none of it is necessary. None of it. But I see people get out of here with the best of intentions, and they end up back in here in six months. And they scratch their heads and like, what's going on? And it's obvious to me what's going on. They never dealt with those demons. They never had the opportunity to. Did they have to take a class before they left? Yes. But did the class work? <laughs> no. Look at that stuff, y'all. But again, I, I know that uh, I may not have the right to say this, but I'm sorry that for the woman... The Miss Goza that has to go through this. Because dude is dead wrong. This dude, Hank Wise, he dead wrong for what he did. And he's dead wrong for what he continued to do by re-victimizing her. And something should be done. He should lose his good time. But in addition to that, he should receive the help that he needs so that he can understand that how he feels about her is misplaced. It's wrong. So she can move on with her life, and he can move on with his. As sad as the whole situation is. And that's just real, y'all. Now, I'm going to end this thing because I've, I've, I've said enough, and I probably pissed a lot of people off, but it's, that's not my intention. My intention with this podcast is to deter crime and give advice so that you don't have to live this life from a perspective that is not being given. Y'all stay up, stay good, be blessed. And uh, let me know what you think about this episode. Hit me up in your comment in my comment sections on YouTube. I appreciate you. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace, y'all.